Ladies and gentlemen, it's 12 o'clock on the fourth Monday of the month. That means it's time for Band Central Radio here on WPKN Yahoo. For the next hour, I aim to entertain and educate you about music and causes that can enrich your life. A delicious mix of talking and music we call fun philanthropy or funlanthropy, where the desire to improve the welfare of others is combined with fun and music. Today you will meet singer-songwriter Barry Blumenfield. You will also meet Jennifer Bangser from Westport Library, who works very hard to help people get the most out of the library's evolving services. Hello, Barry and Jennifer. Hello, Rob. Hello there. Good to have you here. More on them later. I'm Rob Freed, and welcome to Band Central Radio, where we broadcast the fourth Monday of every month on WPKN 89.5 FM here in Bridgeport on your audio device of choice anytime you want to listen via WPKN podcasts and WPKN live stream on YouTube. My personal mission is to produce music and content that inspires giving because generosity radiates love and growth and lack of generosity creates fear and stagnation. As mentioned, we've got a great show over the next hour introducing you to Barry and Jennifer. We also have WPKN Steve, General Manager Steve DiCostanza here in the studio. Hey, Steve. Well, Rob, it's good to be back. It's great to see you again. Yeah. And you are you are sporting a lovely bone-dry T-shirt. I, I, I am. I, uh, I'm proud to see you wearing that. It's rare. It's rare to come by. So I'm, I'm really happy to have one. All right. You know, today I want to discuss... Uh, uh, topic with you guys in this first segment called separating the essential from the noise. So what, what do I mean by that? <clears throat> we all know we're inundated with stimulation trying to grab our attention, right, across all our media devices. And it results in a challenge for most of us, mental health problems for some of us, mm-hmm. and uh, an underlying crisis in meaning for others. The choices we make regarding what we respond to and how we respond, if not filtered carefully, reduces our effectiveness and our health, which impacts many things, including our personal satisfaction in life, relationships and our lifespan. You know, as as leaders, we need to refine our inter information filter on you know, on what is essential to us and then, you know, apply that process to our social lives and our organizations. At least that's the idea. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, the decision on what is essential can be kind of likened to the role of a rudder in the boat where, you know, consider a sailboat for a minute that encounters currents and winds, but has sails in a rudder. Having a rudder firmly set allows the boat to cut through the water and guide the journey in the direction of your goal. With little or no rudder, you skim over the surface, but with a rudder set, the course is stable and deep. Uh, a couple of quotes I found that kind of illustrate this, this topic from Bruce Lee. Absorb what is useful. Discard what is useless. Add what is specifically your own. And from Sun Tzu. Tactics without strategy is the noise before defeat. 
So let me clarify. I'm not a master of the universe on this topic. I'm, I'm just a curious person, and I'm dealing with the problem of how to separate the central from the noise of my own life. Like, I was wondering, how much do I follow the submarine, you know, the, you know under, under the Titanic? Right. So here's my thoughts on dealing this. I'll throw out a couple things. The first thing is, is, your, is our attitudes. Um, the separating the noise from the central... It's it's important to be curious about the topic, you know, first off, if you don't care, you know, you don't care. But um, you got to be curious about this thing of what grabs your mind's attention and how to be more aware of like what your goals are versus what's grabbing your attention. The second attitude is 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 this it's sort of a mindfulness uh, being feeling centered and calm. So you you actually have some clarity between what seems essential and what seems like noise. And, uh, and what that really means is that you need daily practices that nurture that feeling of feeling mindful and centered. And the third thing is t- to be action-oriented, um, you know, which is kind of preparation and your work ethic. So, uh, you know, once we perceive this challenge... And we've got constructive attitudes, and, and this is a topic of interest to us. Then we need tools, and two tools that I'm going to propose. So one tool is to do an exercise, and th- imagine what I said about the boat. This is kind of setting the rudder in your boat, is write a short statement of your mission that sets the rudder for your journey. Now, most mission statement exercises are a pain in the rear end because they're, you know, they're too involved. I'm just saying write one sentence and keep it short and sweet and punchy so you remember it. So I'm going to give a couple examples because, you know, I, I don't want you to do this while you're driving uh, on 95 at 80 miles per hour. But, you know, think about this. This could be a fun little exercise to do where uh, if you were a builder. For example, you might say, I want to build the best dream houses because a family's dream should never turn into a nightmare. Like that's a statement of a mission. And one thing I didn't mention, you say you want to say the one thing you're trying to bring about in the world, including what happens if you don't accomplish it. So that's the idea that if, you know, if you don't build the best dream house, it could turn into a nightmare. Or, you know, another one might be. I want to provide comprehensive care for victims of sexual and domestic violence so that they find healing and do not pass the trauma to their children and families. One sentence, clean, punchy, you can remember it. If somebody says, what's your mission, you can say it. So that's that's number one. The second tool is, you know, it's a good time to review your process for how you get stuff done. Um, It's almost like building your own executive functioning muscles that help you push through things to completion and so forth. Um, And that includes a a work, you know, reviewing your workflow and it it relates to calendaring and other tools that help with processing. Um, This is just something that I find has helped me. It may not be of interest to you, but uh, I find there are a couple aspects to this, how to get things done. And what they are, are first, you got to go back to old school of having an inbox of some kind where you collect and capture everything that you need to be paying attention to. 
The second is that you have to then spend some time clarifying and processing what these things mean and how you're going to handle them. The third is you have to have a time where you actually prioritize and strategize and separate your must-dos from the nice-to-haves. And it's important to deprioritize some of the projects that are kind of interesting to you but are not your must-dos because, you know, we're uh, – and then then you've kind of got to organize – that's where to-do lists, calendaring, spreadsheets, you got to have your tools for doing that. Everybody does. Uh, and you got to know who's doing what. And then you got to move on and just push through the results, do the next actions. So, you know, what is a practical application of what we're talking about is every day we have to kind of decide what do we read? What do we watch? What do we listen to? Uh, for information so we can feel connected but not feel overwhelmed um, so let me let me let me sort of stop there I, I want to just pause I'm going to introduce each of our guests a little more later but I just want to see if anybody has a short expression on how they approach uh, separating the essential from the noise in life well, I have to start off by responding to what you just said, and so much of it feeds into what a library is and does with information and helping you identify what you want to learn, what you want to know. It's a place of quiet and reflection. It's also a, a place of noise and engagement. So it it opens a lot of doors for these conversations, I think. And um, when we think about the, li- the Westport Library's mission as a place of lively exchange of ideas, so for myself... Um, I always think, what good is what you know if you can't share it with somebody else? Where does it go Mm. if you don't find a place to share it? So to have an organization like a library that's all about sharing information and being somebody who wants to share what I know, it's kind of a nice place to be. Um, In terms of the noise and how to decide, that's where the listening comes in from myself and from the community. We want to listen to the community. What does the community want from us as a library of a, the, one of the premier institutions in the region? And where do we, where can we lead the community where it may want to go and not know it wants to go there? Well, that, that so, so that's really cool. And we'll dig yeah. into that a little bit yeah. later in the show during our interview. But it's cool that that all resonated with your life and where you are being, being a senior leader at the library. Absolutely, because you're, you're constantly bringing your ideas forward as, a, as an employee and as a person. I have the issues and the things that are dear to my heart that interest me that I want to give a voice to in the library, you know, and you have to kind of watch those boundaries and listen to my staff and my team, mm-hmm. but also be heard. Cool, cool. Yeah. You guys have any thoughts on this topic? Um, well, I'm, you know, I'm, as you know, Rob, going through a, uh, in the last couple of years, some major transitions in my life, both uh, personally and professionally. And, uh, and it can get very distracting. And, uh, and, and I've found that I, I really work to, to be mindful of, of what it is I'm trying to accomplish today. Um, I recently co-wrote a song with a, a good friend, John McCleary, and he wrote the lyrics, I wrote the music, but it really spoke to me. And there's a line in that song that says, some struggle with tomorrow, so today is where I'll start. 
And that's really what I, I try to do in my life. It's not that I'm not planning for tomorrow and thinking about what's, what, what, I have to, what has to happen in my life and how I can help those around me. But, but I also focus on, on myself and making sure that I'm taking care of myself and taking care of the things that are going to make me happy now and, uh, and also to, to help those around me to, to, to deal with their issues. Would that, would that generally be something that you would do like in the morning over coffee? Is that, that kind of like what's, what's important today? Is that is that for me? It's more real time. Uh, Just kind of, I I very much live in the moment of of real time. So I certainly have sessions where I spend time planning for tomorrow and the next twenty, thirty years. But uh, but as soon as I'm through with that, whenever that might be, and that's usually like drive time. (laughs) I would say you You know, know, drive time is where I get become reflective. It's cool because I'm I'm kind of a programmatic person, and you're explaining this other thing of it just in your moment a moment to moment awareness, which is a cool place to try to bring it. And you you know you've that's a discipline though. It yeah, but it it seems to work for me. I mean, I've I've I've, uh, found my way through it. Well, my my first takeaway is when you mention something that you do every day and and uh for me i i have to i have to get up early and take a bike ride i've been doing it now for i don't know five six seven years every morning i have to kind of reset um i i need to need to feel some of the endorphins i need to kind of clear my mind um Mm -hmm. because i I am one of those people that uh, I'm not very linear in thinking. No, you, you're a very yeah. in-the-moment yeah. guy, too. And, and so I, uh, there's always a lot of chatter in my, in my head. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, so I think that this helps me get the day going, and it, it helps with the, just the kind of the procedurals that I have to do here at WPKN. Well, I hope you enjoyed our, our little opening segment about separating the essential from the noise uh we're going to move on this is a a a punchy show we're going to take a listen to a song featuring the vocal and guitar work of our next guest barry blumenfield it's called soaring high and it's about feeling great about being alive we'll be right back soaring high Music moving in my veins like a second hand to a clock. Some people just complain, some people don't stop. See the twist of destiny about to drop. All this time.
time to be healthy and dry. Kick off your shoes, sit right down, stay for a while. People around you help you believe, keep your spirits high. All this We just heard Soaring High, a song written by me, Rob Freed, with performance by Barry Blumenfield. So the track is a demo, and it's it's in production, and I wanted to share it because it captures this beautiful performance by Barry, who we will talk with in a moment. Um, but first, let me update you on Band Central. Uh, Band Central will perform 15 themed concerts in 2023 to help local nonprofits. We, um, we just completed 10 of those in the first half of the year. We helped our nonprofit partners raise $700,000, uh, and we gave grants from our foundation of $70,000. Our shows feature some amazing musicians, and I want to read you the names because I, I have so much respect and I care for them. It's worth it. Uh, Carol Sylvan, Gabrielle Lakshmi, Stephanie Harrison, Joe Bouchard, Joan Levy Hepburn, John Torres, Bill Carbone, Gray Fowler, Fuzz, Cyrus Math- Madden, Anthony Gadaletta, Eric Cal, Pat Marafioti, Barry Blumenfield, Rob Somerville, Rob Volo, Marcos Torres Jr., Mike Marble, Tiger McNeil, Ronnie Sissia, Lou Bodak, Brad Helene, Brad Milov, Steve Redler, Pat Williams, Matt Bell, John Varholak, Tara Engler, J.D. Seam, John Lamb, Barry Urich, and Tim DeHuff. And we're performing some, some amazing shows. Every season we do different shows. So we're, we're doing Rock for Hope coming up for Operation Hope. We're doing a, we've been doing a Flower Power show, which are songs from the generation of love. Uh, we've been doing Funk and Disco, American Roots. And we're up doing an upcoming beach and luau party. And it's for some amazing nonprofits. The Kennedy Collective, Operation Hope, New Canaan Mounted Troop, Wolfgang and Company, Siri, Sterling House Community Center, Mission, Thrive, CLASP, Children's Learning Centers, the Center for Family Justice, Fairfield Theater Company, the Connecticut Audubon Society, Common Ground, Cardinal Sheehan, and our very own WPKN. 
By the way, you're listening to Band Central Radio here on 89.5 FM. So we stand ready to help local nonprofits and musicians thrive. Here are some upcoming dates. Uh, July 22nd at Park City Music Hall. We'll be doing our beach luau party for Thrive. Thrive provides comprehensive wellness programs for cancer survivors. On July 29th, we will be at the Connecticut Challenge bike ride performing in Greenfield Hill. Also, for and that is for Mission. Uh, they have online programs for cancer survivors. Uh, September 7th, a Thursday night, Rock for Hope at Fairfield Theater Company, Operation Hope. They provide food and housing assistance to those most in need in our community. Uh, on October 4th, with my buddy Barry Blumenfield here, we'll be doing a, a house party for the Connecticut Audubon Society. Uh, the musical theme will be American Roots Music. And then on October 20th for class, we have a rockin' Halloween bash at Fairfield Theater Company. Class provides homes and skills and life training for adults with developmental disabilities. So you can visit Experience Band Central to sign up for the monthly newsletter, our tour dates, and follow us on Facebook at Experience Band Central. Also, I, Rob Freed, play bass and sing in some groups with upcoming dates. You can check that out at robfreedmusic.com. Joining us now is my friend Barry Blumenfield. Barry is a singer and a songwriter with a focus on performing live. He's the co-founder of Bone Dry Band with me, uh, utilizing his skills on voice, guitar, mandolin, and dobro. He also plays with the Connecticut Grateful Dead All-Stars and appeals with, uh, appears with other bands from time to time. You know, more personally, Barry is a technology entrepreneur, a husband, a father of two daughters, Emily and May, and a really kind person who's done a lot of shows for Band Central to help raise money and help for others in Connecticut who need a helping hand. Welcome, Barry. Uh, thank you for having me, Rob. It's a pleasure to be back, oh, especially great. in this lovely new studio, Steve. So you're sitting there with this beautiful guitar, um, and we, we just heard your your amazing voice. Why Why guitar and voice, though? Why not oboe? Or, you know, something else. Well, I'd, I'd have to say very frankly that uh, the same reason many 14-year-old boys choose to play guitar is I thought it would be a way to meet girls. It, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, it turned out that it was, it, was, uh, it was worthwhile anyway and actually became a, a major focus of my life at that time and has remained so. Was it, your first, was it your first instrument that you picked up? No, I grew just... up playing you know, piano, clarinet, and uh, singing. And I've just my my house was very musical. My parents were very into music. They encouraged my sister and I to play instruments, and uh, and so it was just always part of my DNA. And uh, but I really found my my joy when I picked up a guitar and started realizing what I could do there. And and then a few years later, when all of a sudden I realized that maybe I could actually sing. Uh, which which took a while, but uh, uh-huh. but uh, but and then who, and, uh, like who were the first uh, people you listened to that really made you say, yeah, I want to play guitar and I want to sing. Neil Young, uh, huh. very very heavily uh, in the in the very early days. It was it was very much about Neil Young and uh, and Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young. Um, actually, the Beach Boys. I, I grew up on Endless Summer. It was one of my favorite albums growing mm. up. So vocally, that was a big inspiration for me. Um, and although we don't really play any Beach Boys uh, now, but uh, 
but I just always knew I wanted to be a, a singer and and Neil what he was doing with just an acoustic guitar and his voice and uh and 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 it, it showed that you didn't have to be the the most uh, the fastest or have the sweetest sounding voice in order to to say what you want to say musically you know one thing that's cool about guitar compared to other instruments if you play guitar and you sing your whole band is right there very portable right yeah you know and, and you don't need electronics really you know? right yeah and i and there was no band uh you know for a long time it was just uh a few other good friends just playing a lot of acoustic guitars together and then uh slowly we'd, we'd be able to afford to buy electric guitars and amplifiers and then things got loud and uh and then we grew up and things got rocking and uh and we never looked back and, and i'm still and i'm still playing with some of the same guys i played with 40 years ago yeah. regularly it's evolved, it's evolved since then. Uh, who, who are some of those people? Well, uh, in, case, uh, in case they're listening. Yeah, uh, Ottavio Liberti uh, on guitar and uh, vocals. We, he and I have been challenging each other on guitar uh, our entire lives. Uh, Bill Monk uh, uh, has been a huge musical influence on me. And uh, the three of us still continue to get together to this day. And as you know, Rob, it, it was really the roots of Bone Dry came from that relationship in my life brought me to uh to being introduced to you through a mutual friend pat williams and uh and and, and it all stems from that so we will say thank you to pat and billy and tavio so let's let's forget about the past for a minute let's just go right into the present moment right when you think about right now and you think about musically what what is getting you most inspired musically these days like right now I have, and it could be either something you want to play or something you're listening to or something in culture, any anything. Well, you know, there's I always usually have multiple things going on musically in my life. I'm usually preparing for some kind of upcoming gigs where I need to learn songs. But then there's also focusing on my own development as a musician. So I'm, I'm doing both. So in the past several years, particularly since COVID, I've, I've had a, a very heavy focus on my finger picking skills. I've gone uh, twice to study at Yorma Kalkinen's camp uh, with some of the best fingerstyle musicians in the world uh, and been able to spend you know, four days in workshops mm -hmm. and, and, and then go home and, cool. and spend yeah. years trying to by master the, way, by, the by stuff the way, that what's, what's the name of and that, that camp? That would be Fur Peace Ranch, and it's in located Ohio. in Ohio. Yeah, and uh, it's that. an amazing experience, and every guitarist who goes just wants to go back because mm. it's just four days of being surrounded by people who who just love music and love that right. that finger style of music and uh and and are just really inspired is to that be there. for advanced musicians only or can you know it's, it's intermediate all, musician yeah, it's, it's, it's a little more advanced than beginner level i don't think beginners really because it's a big investment financially and um so it's intermediate to advanced uh -huh. level and yeah. i i did one session as uh, intermediate and uh and a second session as advanced and the advanced I was really working hard to keep up, but oh, uh, but I've managed to add a few pretty cool songs to our repertoire as as a result of that uh, sure. all that work. We're we're listening to Barry Blumenfield from uh, Reading, Connecticut, uh, here on Band Central Radio, uh, eighty nine point five FM on WPKN. Um, so what do you what do you have coming up that that 
Well, that was, yeah, that was the second half of the question, oh, okay. right? It, well, it's, it's, so on. what do I have coming, coming up? Uh, the, really, uh, my big focus, and I know Rob's as well, is that uh, we happen to have a gig booked uh, for the weekend right after David Crosby passed. And I mentioned earlier, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, huge, huge influence on me. When I was 16, driving around four-way street was in the tape player all the time, um, which is a, you got some really deep. Crosby stuff on there, Triad and, and some other stuff. And so the weekend that, uh, right, you know, a few nights after uh, Crosby passed, Rob and I had a, had a gig, and I, I didn't even tell him. I just uh, put a post out there and said, we're going to do a tribute to David Crosby. And Rob learned about that when he showed up on the gig that night. Uh, but but our song list was deep enough that we uh, that we did this, uh, this very brief tribute, five or six songs that David Crosby either wrote or participated in um and it was extremely well received and uh so i decided to kind of see what we could do with that and uh we have now uh set up a a a performance that will be doing a full two-hour tribute to david crosby um on uh Wednesday, July 26th at Topstone Park in Reading. It's a free event. You can bring your own whatever you want to bring to, to, to imbibe and to eat. And, uh, and we'll be playing by the water at, at 7 p.m. at Topstone Park. And brings we'll, back some memories. Yeah. Topstone Park. Oh, right. yeah. Steve, yeah. Yeah, Steve right. used to be, a, used to be in Reading with us. Right. Uh, so, so I've really been preparing for that because you can't enter into a David Crosby tribute lightly. You have to take it seriously. There's a lot of different things going on there. There's some elaborate finger picking. There's some really cool rhythmic stuff. And then, of course, of course, there's the harmonies um, and and trying to nail at parts. And, and for me, I, I've had to accept that unlike what's my more traditional role of being primarily a lead singer, um, for, for many of these songs, uh, I can't get... Uh, my voice is too low to be the lead singer, so so Rob is actually taking the lead on on a very significant number of these songs, and I, I have to work harder when I'm not singing the lead to find to stay in my part, my harmony part. You know, you're making you're making an interesting point that we all are watching people from the generation you know before us in music that were creating music in the seven sixties, seventy eighties uh, die, but some of them really hit you harder than others, right? You know, with, yeah. you know, some people really get hit by Tina Turner recently. But so it's interesting that, you know, David Crosby really, you know, hit you between the eyes for the reasons you explained. It's, uh, you know, maybe, you know, I bet you if we ran around, you know, people would have different answers to that mm, question. Right. So it's quite interesting. I bet you there's some WPKN <laughs> listeners that are right with you right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. You know, definitely. No. Um, Hey, but, you know, in a, in a minute, I'd, I'd love to play a song with you live in the studio, and may, maybe we'll do one of our uh, our Crosby tribute tunes. But before we do, um, where can our listeners find you? You know, on social media or do you have a website or what have you? So, yes, uh, uh, I can be found at bonedryband.com. Um, we also have a Facebook page, which is Bone Dry Band. Um, and we do have some upcoming performances uh, coming up. Uh, myself, uh, uh, and Rob uh, and Bone Dry will be performing July 8th at the Reading Rock and Roots Festival. It's an all-afternoon festival with five different live performances, including Amber Anchor and different things. And, uh, and, uh, and of course, Bone Dry and some other amazing uh, local artists. 
and we'll uh, that that runs from 3 p.m. until dark, and then followed by fireworks in Reading on July 8th. We we will be performing at six. Uh, July 21st, I'll be playing with my friend Ottavio Liberti that I mentioned earlier, and Carlos Pena on percussion at the Reading Roadhouse as the OBC band. The following night is the Thrive uh, performance at uh, Park. Park City that you mentioned. And then on Sunday the 23rd, uh, Rob and I will perform as a duo at Reverie Brewing Company in Newtown where we play every month. And then we will be rushing over to back to Reading for the Reading concert on the green at 6 p.m. on July 23rd. Nice. And, and then, of course, the, uh, the, the David Crosby tribute at Topstone Park in Reading on July 26th. All right. Well, why don't you count us off into uh, uh, we're going to play a song from the Crosby Mill. Oh. Crosby and Nash record called Just a Song Before I Go. I just want to mention uh, we're just about to go live and do some live streaming on uh, our Facebook page, which you, if you can go to uh, WPCAN Listener Community, you're going to see these guys live. Steve, get a mic in. sitting here listening. I haven't heard that song in a while and it's absolutely exquisite. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, thank you very much. Hey, joining us now is Jennifer Bangzer. 
Director of Strategic and Community Partnerships at Westport Library. Uh, whenever I say Westport Library, I want to make the point we're talking about one of the libraries of the future, mm. uh, which is a very unique distinction in the, the world of libraries globally. So Jennifer is uh, a communications and community relations professional with uh, an exceptional ability to relate to diverse constituencies and build impactful relationships and strategies. She's a local from here in Connecticut. She attended Staples High School back in the day. Mm -hmm. And she's also uh, attended university. She studied political and environmental sciences. So I'd like to start off also with a question just about your past. Like, 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 how did you evolve to where you are today? Like, what were the big things in your life that bring you to today? Wow, that's a big question. I have a very kind of zigzag path. I didn't take a traditional path to college right after high school and so on. I was a little bit of a rebel. I didn't want to owe anybody anything. And I went out on my own and did a little of this, a little of that. And um, luckily married uh, my friend and my best friend who helped me on my journey and mm. supported all my decisions, all my crazy ideas at one point. My husband, Dan, called me the lady of a thousand careers because I was so interested in so many different things. I felt like if I decided on one thing, it would leave everything else out. That kind of problem when you have a lot of interest. Yeah. So a little bit of my journey has been stumbling and finding things that engage me. And, and at the end of the day, I just am really curious. So it's led me down different paths from marketing you know, corporate marketing to working for politicians to working for environmental activists to um, artists. Got really involved in artists, and I think my um, when my kids were young and we moved to Chicago, I got much more involved in the arts. And I think that came from my youth when I was a young person growing up in a crazy household of six kids, very chaotic, noisy house. Talk about finding your voice in noise. My father brought our family to the, the Westport because he wanted his kids to grow up where creativity mattered and wanted us to grow up with that example in our community. I think that always stuck with me. So when mm. I got back involved in the arts, it just built and built in what I was interested in pursuing. So I started working at the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County mm-hmm. quite a number of years ago. And Steve DeCostanza, who's left the room at this moment that I wanted to be here for, but he reached out and said, would you like to do a radio show? And I was an incredibly socially phobic, shy hmm. person. Incre- I couldn't even speak up at meetings. Incredibly shy. And he offered me this opportunity to do a live radio show at WPKN. It scared me to death, but also intrigued me. So I did that. And it changed my life, really. It changed my life. So to be back here now in the role of the library, which I came to after my stint at the Cultural Alliance, because it was opening up with this new transformation project, which actually was four years ago last week, um, to bring in ideas, to be the, to be involved in something creative and different and um, be involved in the future a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's quite a journey for me personally, but it's a kind of an interesting place to land where, where up. Where did your family come to Connecticut from? Outside Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. So you were kind yeah. of Pennsylvania folk. A little bit, a little bit here to, and there. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I think what's, you know, like I said in the, at the start, I was such a rebel and all I wanted to do was get out of town as a youth. I was just get me out of this community and to be back here working at an organization that's a lead organization with such a public face is kind of crazy. I never would have 
uh, pictured myself you, here. You've become part of the institutions that you rebelled against. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so I'm very grateful. So let's let's move on. I, yeah. You know, the Westport Library is quite an interesting place, and mm. also given what you said about your varied interests, isn't it interesting that you're a library that has so many varied programs, interests? It kind of aligns with you know, who you are, uh, same way that your response to separating the essential for the noise was, that's why I think I'm at a library. So pretty interesting synchronicity there. Um, Tell us a little bit about the priorities of Westport Library. Well, primarily, you know, we are a traditional library in many ways where you can come and have your reader services and books and reference and information, a place to understand information to help you with the noise, right? What do I want to read? Well, we have incredible staff that can help anybody with whatever topic they want to read. You want to research. We have incredible databases. And so we serve all those traditional roles of a library and always will. We have an incredible collection, a lot of digital um, access to music and all of that. And one of the things with the transformation project that the library underwent under Bill Harmer's incredible leadership is we can be much more, more of a kind of bring the future into the library with media and access and libraries have always been places where you can go for content and learn about what content's out there well now we can create the content you can create original content in the library through our media resources so it's really creating that kind of prism to come in through and come out on the other side with something different and new yeah so we're talking about experiences like experiences you know, yeah for example we know podcasts are hot mm-hmm. right Everybody, a lot of people listening to podcasts. If you want to produce your own podcast, you need to go further than the Westport Library. They've got yeah. podcasting facilities. They will teach you. They will set you up. Um, you can produce your own content, your podcast, w, Dear WPK and Listener, right at the Westport <laughs> Library. Give me a call. So there, there's a good example of... Wow, libraries do that now? <laughs> well, we, we have the whole part of the transformation projects is the Verso Studios, which is an audio. We have an audio production facility and a video production facility. And interesting, the word Verso comes from Greek, from the left page of an open book. So if you think about that for a minute, the left page of an open book, it's a space to create. It's open to your ideas. It's a new concept, a new way of thinking about what a library means to you. Mm. So, and... <clears throat> Along with um, the Verso Studios, we do have training and courses, and they're constantly being built all the time. So I would encourage people to look at the website or email me, if whatever they're interested in. But we're also um, had our Verso Fest, which kind of is bringing together all these ideas. We've had t- held two so far. They're kind of mini South by Southwest com- conferences that we've had at the library, where we bring in thinkers and doers and photographers and journalists and musicians and creators, and they come on panels, they come to perform, there are workshops. So you can come to the library and take a writing workshop, and you can come and do a music-related workshop or event. And it's kind of, you think about libraries have always supported writers, well, we can support musicians too. Mm. So it's adding this, this kind of future concept to libraries, which... When you learn about it, it now sounds so obvious. Of course, libraries should be doing this. Yes, right? and, and the, uh, the studio there is is fully equipped. It's it's really quite, uh, you know, everybody yeah. raves about it. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> isn't it interesting? We're talking about 
Verso, like Verso University. Ah, where, it's another initiative. Where, uh, well, you know, <laughs> it, just this idea of continuing with the education That's right. uh, or, or, you know, not feeling like you need to pay $70,000 a year to go, you know, the traditional university route. There are other alternatives. I will mention, I'm mm. kind of excited by the news that re- released this week that July 1st, all of the community colleges in Connecticut are banding together as one community college, right. which yeah. means it's going to make it's going to take the whole community college and the availability of cost effective learning the skills to help you get the job, mm. learning the skills that the employers have told the community college, if you can train these people, we'll hire them, that kind of stuff. So it's it's really interesting that you're discussing yeah. the library as this conti- this opportunity for skills and education that could be really relevant to your life. Absolutely. I mean, libraries are kind of like universities in many, many ways. We offer so much learning and opportunity. So now we have a structured thread called Verso University, where people can dive in to take a literature course. We're doing a, a course on the history of jazz with Brian Torf at Fairford University. This fall, we're doing courses on film, along with podcasting courses and video production and editing, you know, how to get your book ready for the publisher. I mean, all kinds of things we're going to be doing. So it's lifelong learning. We're doing a local uh, sketch class this summer. So if you if you want to learn a little bit even more about sketching and and we're open to the community, so and it's free. So come and try something out that maybe you'd be yeah, curious it, about and maybe weren't brave enough to try or felt like you, you didn't have an entry point. Well, this is the entry point. And if you haven't been there, it's right on the Saugatuck River. So you park in this yeah. parking lot that's got lots of parking. You can watch the birds on the river right near Levitt Pavilion. Yeah, you walk beautiful. in, there's a great cafe. They make, you know, all, all the drinks, great baked goods, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, and it's a can, beautiful spot. Yeah. I was walking around the other day, taking a break from the building along the river, and I always like to see how many count how many birds I've seen and wildlife. And there were like all these turtles swimming in the yeah. channel, like dozens of them. I'm like, what is going on? It was so much fun. I kind of got lost. I thought we better get back to work, but I was just watching the stream of turtles coming up the channel and. It's just delightful. So you can come into the library, take a little class, take a little workshop, go see a little nature, have a little coffee. It, I mean, is, it is true that the, the Saugatuck River is there beautiful. is yeah. a very interesting estuary because it's where the fresh water meets the saltwater yeah. being tidal. So you get, you know, like fishermen really claim there's some really great fishing, you know, in, in stretches of that because it's the reservoirs yeah. that you, we live on, Barry, feeding down oh, into, to you know, up to there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just beautiful. And I, and I think and to be at a library we're really kind of dispelling the myth of a library is a stuffy shush place it's not that it's a dynamic incredible place where you can come and have dialogue so tell me tell me you know uh given your role as director of strategic and community partnerships Mm -hmm. we talked about the library at the level of uh individuals who might go there tell me a little bit if you're one of uh, our nonprofit partners you're a leader of a nonprofit. Um, is there a role for uh, developing a partnership with Westport Library? Uh, are there, oh, yeah. can, can, you know, how could, what kinds of things might somebody call you to discuss? Well, we've done, we do partnerships all the time. Many of our events are done in partnership. For example, recently we brought in the director of climate change from the Roosevelt Institute to talk about cli- the economics of climate 
change and climate justice. And that was in partnership with the uh, Westport Sustainable, Sustainable Westport, Earth Place, and so on. So they came in and they help, you know, have a give voice and give structure to a program we do. We've done programs on refugees and stuff with Siri. We brought thought leaders in. We, it's it, you know, it's kind of like if somebody has an idea, a nonprofit has an idea for a program, they can come to us. And we can talk about it. And you could maybe put it during the lunch hour, we, you we know, and have it, have it yeah. in the community room. So that that's a really yeah, interesting exactly. thing. Exactly. I mean, people can come and rent spaces on their own to have their own event that's not in partnership with us. So there's that avenue as well. We have large meeting space, spaces that, you know, serve as revenue for the library to help us offer these free partnerships and programs as well. So there's a lot of, you know... It, the motto, the overall motto of the library is open to all. So there's a thousand access points to come and do what you want to do. So I would encourage some of the nonprofits out in the air if they have an idea that would resonate with the community, bring it to us, and we can help shape it if it's if it fits with the calendar timing. We've we've got a very busy calendar. I think we're programming into 2024 right now. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty incredible. So so you do want to drive people to the website. That's yes. that's the probably the most concise way to really see what's going on. You see what's going on, and you can get a flavor of what we've done in the past. You know, can kind of it will really inform you about our past, what we've done, what we're doing now, and what's coming up in the future. So I'm I'm also imagining you know some of the PKN listeners right now uh, walking their dogs at lunch or sitting in front of the computer having a bite you know to eat or driving on the road. Are there any other unique ways that people might? utilize or get involved with the library that we haven't mentioned uh, that come to mind? Just oh I'm, I'm, I'm memory jogging here, you know. Well, we have three art galleries. Come and look at art. If you like art, we have three different art galleries and, and they, they change every eight to ten weeks. So that's a way to get involved and engaged and learn about the local artists. They tend mm. to be from the region with some outliers. Um, so so that's one thing you can do in Westport that's for free. It's for free. <laughs> You know, really, it's a free place to come. Rent some books, rent some videos, download. I mean, everything is there for free, pretty much. And we have things like coming up in October, October 20th, that weekend, we're doing our sixth annual Story Fest, Hmm. which is a week. It's the uh, largest literary festival in Connecticut, close to one of the largest in New England. And you can come to that and participate, listen to panels, listen to writers. We have writing workshops that you can come to and sign up for. Open, we have writer's mics, um, writer rendezvous, a lot of services for writers. You can come in and get some training with our studios and learn some of the post-production software we have. Yep. If you want to uh, um, learn some post-production, you've got a film in, in your back pocket, you want to come and, and learn. You know, we can do all of these things. We can help guide you. And it doesn't cost a thing. Well, yeah. Well, I'm hoping we stimulated so, some people. Yeah. Again, we've been listening to Jennifer Bangser here. She's the Director of Strategic and Community Partnerships at Westport Library. And guess what? What is next? What is next mm-hmm. is when you hear that music, you know we are entering the closing segment of our show. Um. If you want to, you can email me, refried at optonline.net. If you have any questions or just want to reach out, you can also sign up for the Band Central newsletter uh, by visiting experiencebandcentral.com. I want to say thank you to Audrey Neforis, Paula Murphy, and Andy Cadison from uh, the Band Central team, and our guests, Jennifer Bangser. 
Barry Blumenfield and Steve DiCostanzo. Uh, any uh, Barry? What was the highlight of the show for you today? You know, what did you what did you uh... learning all this stuff about the Westport Library that I didn't know about? Actually, it was really fascinating. I I had no idea there was so much going on oh my down gosh. there, and I've come in. I've, I'm I'm ready to go send uh, send some people down there that I think could benefit from some of those programs that you uh, that you mentioned. Please do. What good is all that we have if we can't share it in all these different ways? Yeah, so really, really interesting and pretty Wonderful. cool what you guys are doing down there. So Thank and I'll you. say I'll say my own personally, <clears throat> Jennifer was very responsive to conversations I had with her. I had told her that I was interested in teaching, sharing, and um, and she uh, helped me design a workshop that we did, uh, a two-part workshop called The Magic of Mistakes. And it was well attended. It was during it the was. lunch hour. And I'm not highlighting that. I'm just highlighting the fact that uh, you were very compelling, and you also listened, and you made something happen that was meaningful for me. So I, I appreciate oh, that. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. It was absolutely my pleasure, and we'll have to have you back. And I, I really, people, come on in. That's what we're there for. Come on in. I, I, I hope to see you there, Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a daughter who's an aspiring oh, writer, so oh. uh, all that stuff you were talking about, my well, the gears are spinning. Fest, our oh. keynote speaker is Neil Gaiman on Friday night, and then we have a slew of incredibly award-winning authors coming to the library that weekend. So if she's a writer, yeah, she's yeah. got to come. That's where my head was going. Very awesome. Much. awesome. How, about, how about you? Any, you know, just sort of being here the Ooh. last hour, well, experiencing this. PKN like the... Well, by the way, we're in the new studios. I, know, so, right? I mean, it's new. It's been... We've been here a while, uh, over a year, but... Aren't... They're so gorgeous and airy and it, it makes you feel like, you know, the... It's, uh, it's time uh, that... Pecan had this kind of space. I've been following the station, like, you know, growing up in the area forever. So to see what Steve and his team and the volunteers have done is absolutely tremendous. And I just hope, wish them everything in the future. And I have to say my highlight, aside from being with all of you, is hearing your song. That song, just the song Before You Go played. It really, it's such a, it's such a story, that song. And it brought me back to, like, things that I felt way back in the day in some way. Because it's... I don't know, it's nostalgic a little bit, but still so contemporary. And thank you, really. I'm, I'm going to go home and listen to some David Crosby well, tonight. You know, and, 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 you know you're, you're speaking to part of what we want to present in our uh, David Crosby tribute is it's not that he had so many hits, but I think it's what you just said. It's very uh, emotive, um, yeah. uh, impressionistic music. And uh, so I'm... Uh, I take it as a compliment that that we were able to uh, hit you in that way, and you you were here hearing it for, for first time. Yeah, um, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I I think the discussion of uh, separating the essential from the noise was ambitious for a short radio program that that covers a lot. Um, I I hope uh, I thank you listeners for indulging me in that uh, topic. Um, Hey, guess what? Our next show is uh, July 24th. We're going to have guitarist Matt McNulty here with me and also uh, Ryasap executor Mark Donald, who works here in Bridgeport to serve our most at risk youth and adults dealing with mental health problems. I want to say take good care. This is Band Central signing off.